0: That is amazing. See, I, I missed the trick there with my kids. I I allowed them to buy, like, the pre-molded Lego bits where you couldn't use your imagination to determine what they were. They were pre-molded yeah. in the shape of a, a, a gun or something, you know. But yeah. that's not as cool as having a generic piece where you use your imagination to see it, you know.
1: Oh well, Bizarrely, so. um, mm. talking about guns and stuff, um, a nephew of ours was his birthday as well. hmm he digs, like, warplanes and warships and everything. Mm. And Then I, then I remembered that Lego made a concerted effort to, like, rule out all of those things out of its places. Yeah. So you can't actually
0: like, get, like, military things. Yeah, because of the carryover from the Second World War, they would have no tanks, no armaments. Even though tanks are yeah. the most obvious thing to build in Lego, they yeah. had none of that ever, you know. And then along came Star Wars and suddenly it was okay to have like a laser pistol. You know? Exactly.
1: This is what yeah. I was telling Monique. Uh, we were uh, we were looking at the Lego shop. And thank you if you've just joined us. <laughs> this
0: is <episode laughs> long
1: of the Overclock ZA podcast. We're talking about Lego, of course. It's not quite tech tech. No, although they did launch like a new mindstorm set now. I saw right. a press release come out about that.
0: But also I think we're nurturing the innovative mindset for the future. So it's really yeah, it's, it's right. about it's a, we're basically educating tomorrow's technologists with Lego today, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah,
1: just getting that that logical thinking going through. And you are hearing us and we're sounding quite amazing today because we are both using FeeFine mics. Is that is it fine or fine Gavin? I call it FeeFine, yeah. Fine faux fum. I'm speaking over a K67678, um, which is it's it's a really professional-looking microphone with a mic input for monitoring it's usb connected and it has mic volume gain and um, headphone volume gain on the device as well and you can mute it Um, just Mm. one button to mute it which is really cool
0: i'd be interested in knowing how yours price compares with mine i've got the k670 there was like no installation involved i just plugged the usb cable in and it just started working it was amazing mine glows blue I'm not sure why it glows blue and i'm not sure if i can turn it off i'm guessing i probably can turn it off but i haven't found out yet how and I'm, I'm, paying, green. I'm paying i'm paying nine. oh you're green i'm blue yeah. i'm paying 960 rand for mine and i have to say i sound so much better than any other setup we've used so far but yeah. the final the final um test will be in the in the final mix that you make i'd be interested to hear how yeah. we respectively come out okay
1: yeah, so i'm like the luke skywalker and you are anakin
0: Oh, <laughs> okay. My <laughs> fine K670 makes me Anakin. Okay, I really struggle with Anakin. Well, I struggle with the guy who plays Anakin anyway.
1: Uh. Oh, you mean in the prequels?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta
1: love the prequels, man. Uh, I, 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 I hate sand. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a line. Hayden Christensen's shining moment where he's telling May about this this life for Sand because he grew up on Tatooine. Anyway, Uh that's (laughs) the point. I I, I enjoyed the Revenge of the Sith for me. Greatest Star Wars movie.
0: Okay. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, let's not not go down a rabbit hole on Star Wars. I know you're a fanboy and that's cool. Talking about
1: TV, Gavin, we didn't give it enough airtime and our bonus episode last week didn't actually quite Mm. air because It was crap because we weren't using these beautiful devices. (sighs) Okay. Why is the trying to tax? I understand why they're trying to tax Netflix, but why are they
0: couching it as um, putting it into the TV license? Man, but if you just think about TV licensing on the whole, it's a complete fiasco. I don't know what the BBC does differently to the SABC, that the BBC manages to somehow take in all its money from all its listeners, and the SABC, I suspect is taking in a fraction of license fees it's owed, which is why it's constantly campaigning to get money from its license fees. I mean, the fact that it then squanders it on all sorts of things and needs to go to the Zondo commission to explain what the hell happened to the money, Mm -hmm. notwithstanding, I think they're desperate to get their their licensing money in from the general public. They just don't know how to do it because there's no way to cut people off. However, I think they can see that they're losing a lot of ground to the streaming services and in fact, All the top uh, earners in the country, the most lucrative segment of the market, are the people who can buy these streaming services. And those streaming services are gradually becoming more and more affordable to regular folks. And I think the SABC can see itself slowly getting marginalized, where if it's only taking in a fraction of its licenses now, it's going to take in even less in the future when Mm -hmm. everybody's watching Showmax and Netflix and other streaming services. And then how do
1: they fund their own operations?
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I think we can all agree that we do have to have a strong, independent national broadcaster. The thing that Mm. Netflix doesn't do, the thing that Showmax doesn't do, that none of them do, is the news. And the news is the thing that actually matters most to your democracy. Not soap operas, not reality shows, but the news. You know, the population need to know what's going on in their country. That is the true function of the media. Soap operas is not like the true function of the media. The news is the true function of the media. And without those license revenues, what the hell is going to happen, you know? So, and remember the SABC is not just TV, it's radio as well. And vast numbers of South Africans can only reliably get radio as it is.
1: Mm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my thing about that is um, the TV license or at least the revenue that the SABC generates, that needs to cover like a lot of content production, um, or at least subsidize a lot of content production where they falling short a little bit, like just to set the guys up so they can do things and not like have the pressure, like some vernacular station in freaking Kuruman yeah. needs the SABC's little stipend that they get so that they right. can like pay a producer and like someone to be on. Um, yeah. The radio guys aren't really, but they have like equipment and they have the signal and everything. Yeah. 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 So, but for me, like it's, it's, astonishingly difficult for our broadcast industry to develop programming that must now compete against podcasts and all these independent stuff and like the stuff coming from Netflix um, without any revenue. So like I understand that the guys coming in must be taxed so that we can kind of extract so yeah, um, they
0: cross subsidize the service that we need yeah. to do, which is the news. Yeah.
1: But but I don't agree with that being that cost being passed on directly to the consumer, like not even going via price hike from Netflix. It's just like, oh, you have to pay for a license so, now to watch So what you're saying
0: is that you disagree in principle with the idea that the government will load a tax on streaming services in order to prop up its news service, its I free agree. to air news service.
1: I agree with taxing the streaming services. Right. I disagree with presenting that tax as a, TV, like as a TV license. I don't think that's the smart play. I think the big boys should be taxed, not the consumer.
0: Oh, you're saying that Netflix, the organization, should be taxed at some kind of yes. corporate level. Okay, yes. all right. Like a you don't think they're going to end up loading that onto your fees in some way, or is that your issue? You don't want to see that happen. No, that I want
1: issue? like that. That 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 is more palatable um, because you know how that business function then works. Because like okay. Netflix can subsidize that cost, that tax cost somehow in their business, and mm. what they can't, they'll then pass on as a as a subscription fee increase. Where okay, but- if you make okay, a TV I mean, license, then you like going directly at the consumer's balls um, without uh-huh. really harming what the, the, the
0: force that you're fighting against. Yeah. OK, so, OK, number one, I think lots of people get out of paying their TV license by claiming they don't have a TV right on the one yes. hand. So the idea of trying to tax Netflix consumers is that we know you have a TV if you're watching Netflix, which is not strictly yeah. true because you could be watching Netflix on your laptop. But OK, yeah. at least this way you can't get out. You can't use that no TV as an argument. Um, so, OK, let me ask you, how do you think the South African public perceives the SABC? Do you think people think that the news will just come on TV as a, as a fundamental right that they have? Or do they yes. think that the government is providing them a service through the SABC? You know, because I think most people see the SABC, they see all the adverts. They assume that the adverts are paying for their right to have the news, which yeah. in a roundabout way is possible, except that the SABC is claiming that's not enough. They need to tax as well in order yeah. to produce the news. Yeah. So how do you think the public feels about that?
1: I think the public sees the SABC as just this hungry, hungry mismanaged entity. Exactly. Um, exactly. And they, they don't see the benefit of, Paying like a tv license or something and i mean that's uh, that's always going to be the case with like what the internet has taught us is where to get things for free
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: yeah oh, talking I, I about kinda... that Gavin, let's yes. just segue directly into um skyworth had an event last week uh, you didn't go um no But you did send a representative, a proxy, a Gavin proxy. I'm used to being a Gavin proxy, actually. (laughs) Um, So they got a bunch of new Android TVs. Um, Skyworth is obviously selling through Pick and Pay now. I think we mentioned that briefly. Then Sony sends out the press release, and they're like, oh, the Bravia TVs are here. We've spoken about that as well. Yeah. So these are two, like, Android platform TVs, right? Smart TVs.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Then you get... Like all those Android boxes and stuff. Because I'm I'm yeah. just looking at it from a perspective of like how are people accessing streaming services, streaming apps and stuff. Yes, like, yes. I yes. have to set up for my sisters the mother sort of situation so they can watch yeah. Netflix on their TV. They don't have smart TVs. And I'm like, just buy an Apple TV. <laughs> because right. <laughs> I, I mean if you're willing interesting... to pay money on, on, on services and like streaming
0: and on content, like it's the best. Now, I have a difficult relationship with Apple TV, mainly because It's it would be like buying I don't know a Mercedes car I suppose where you know this is the best car it's just impractical to buy it you know it's like it's impractical you can't afford it it's got way more space than you actually need you you know you need a compact car that's light on fuel easy to drive you know so you can buy the Apple TV and it will be the best experience it will have the power windows and the heated seats and the electric mirrors you know the equivalent of buying the Mercedes but Technically, you didn't need any of those things. What you needed was a car that was light on fuel and was easy to drive around and was not a target for hijackers. And that's what you practically needed. And that's the problem with Apple TV. It's the best product by far, but it's just too expensive. And there's a whole lot of things it can't do. And there's a whole lot of things it does do that no one really needs, you know. So, you know, it's just too expensive. I think the entry Apple TV now is about two six, two seven, I think. Yeah, yeah. Basic. No, but you're also advocating that people buy 15,000
1: Rand TV.
0: No, 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 no. That's not what I said. You know, when you look at the 15,000 Rand TV, it's a bargain compared to the 50,000 Rand TV, the 55,000 Rand TV. Then the 15,000 Rand TV becomes a bargain. But the truth is you can buy a smart TV now with the Netflix apps and everything on it that connects to the internet and watch YouTube. You can do all that for like, three and a half four thousand rand I think yeah 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 so I mean yeah. I wouldn't recommend any of those TVs they have too many limitations but you can get into the smart TV market for you know three and a half four thousand rand so I mean the idea of going to spend three thousand rand on an Apple TV is just madness when half of what you're paying for you're not going to use and don't need especially if you don't have any other Apple devices in your ecosystem which you shouldn't have if oh, you're a my South goodness. African Except that iPad. <laughs> yeah well um i have to say though that the android boxes are dreadful to use they are just across the board dreadful to use i've not seen any of them that actually are user-friendly experience i don't know why that is you know so the apple tv is really really easy to use it looks pretty it looks beautiful nice and intuitive exactly what you expect from apple however the android tv operating system that comes on the tvs now from Sony, and Hisense did some in the past, but that's the default for Showmax, all their, not Showmax, um, uh, Skyworth. Skyworth, all their TVs are Android. I have to say, it doesn't look great, man. It doesn't look great. It's inefficient. It's like just inefficiently organized spatially and so on. So you can spend a lot of time customizing it and setting it up, and then it does work as expected, and you don't, you know, you don't need to do a whole lot with it. Does it have a Netflix
1: button on
0: the remote? Uh, some of them do and some of them don't. And some of them have Google Assistant so you can talk to the remote and go, show me Tom Cruise movies. But who the hell is ever going to do that? No one does that, you know? This is a feature. No, not not at all.
1: But but this is the thing. It's like, if the button exists on the remote, and this is like my hangover of testing smart TVs in the past, it does make it like super convenient to just like stay in that sort of lane.
0: Um, And... What I found is this is exactly what happened with my parents, who are both over 80 years old. They really struggle to interface with technology. That if there's a big button that says Netflix, then even though my mother can barely operate the TV, she presses the Netflix button. And suddenly there's my octopus, whatever it is. And, you know, suddenly there's Downton Abbey and whatever it is just pops up on the screen. And then it becomes really easy from there. You know, but you're right. That navigating, changing the source input, and all that stuff is what gets them. If there's a big button that says Netflix, hey, eh, we're away. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then I think that, right. that's why those deals get made. But talking about Android's inflexibility, Captain. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we fell in uh-huh. love with the Galaxy Z Fold two, both of us. For me, it's about the. It's still the best interaction I have is the email or the social media stream kind of you viewing that on that external screen and then clicking on a link or a applicant or an attachment and then opening the big fold, like unfolding it and seeing like this big canvas of like the whole website or the entire spreadsheet or whatever you're looking at. Okay. Outside of that, it's half of a phone and half of a tablet. And Uh the operating system, the
0: apps, have no idea what to do. (laughs) No, you said it right. It's like a solution for a problem that we haven't really encountered yet, you know. So, it's a solution looking for a problem. Damn. Um, And it's, like, fragile and it's
1: expensive and, like, no one in their right mind. That is literally Samsung just saying, look. This is what we can. And this is the conclusion that I have in in the video that I'm currently editing on a snapshot of like the Android market. Where It's like Samsung literally made this and said, this is what we can do. And it's like, cool. I I respect that. But we don't need that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think the fact that the price is still close to 50,000 Rand, as we discussed last week, indicates to me that they're not trying to drive this down to the mainstream consumer just yet. I think because they know it doesn't have enough traction and there are too many problems inherent in it still. Um, yeah. Um, interestingly, I mean, I don't go in for hype, right? So, I mean, you're yeah. you you you're a little more susceptible to hype than me. I'm, like, completely not susceptible to hype. So, so, in the... <laughs> no, no, I mean, you you still, like, get intrigued by new things. I'm like, oh, geez, more new things. Yeah, I, feel oh. it, I feel you, I feel you, I feel you. So, so... You know, when the Fold arrived and I actually had a good experience with it right out of the box, that was a very big moment for me because I really had not anticipated that. So yeah. my first, you know, couple of hours with the Fold was very pleasant indeed. And then it all gradually dissipated. Hey, And it just became an irritation to carry it around. Yeah. You started running into more and more limitations. The plastic screen was not as friendly on my fingers as I'd hoped it would be. The front thin and narrow screen was not as useful as it should be because I'd formatted it for yeah. what the interior screen would look like and it didn't translate very well onto the front screen. And it was just too big and just too heavy and frankly just too expensive to feel comfortable using it on the day to day. So, yeah. you know, okay. But I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't think Samsung expects mass, mass penetration. No,
1: no, yet. definitely not. It's just, but, I, I, yeah, it's...
0: but my problem is, I can't see what would make it succeed. That's the thing. I can't see what they would fix. It's just the format itself is just useless, you know. So, so here's,
1: here's the thing that really bugs me, and it's something I was enjoying on on the the LG the the dual screen thing. Right, right, right. It's like hmm. you 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 prop it up as like a YouTube
0: display. <laughs> Okay. You mean like a laptop. You open it like the a, like a, like yeah, a laptop yeah, lid. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So on on
1: unlike the the LG, you're getting a full-size smartphone display. There. Right. Okay. On the Samsung, you're getting that little strip that's, I I think I measured it at it's something stupid like 30 um by nine. 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 It's yeah, it's like a crazy okay.
0: yeah, aspect. So it's ratio. Very thin and narrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So like your your viewing space on yeah. whatever format the video is in is like tiny.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: just like, oh, this is irritating. And then you yeah. either you either putting it down on the <laughs> on the camera on the bump face. Side or yeah, yeah. the screen. The outside yeah.
0: screen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the camera bump was pretty big as well. I started noticing it more and more as we went along. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, anyway, moving on from that. I oh. handled the I uh, handled the Mate 40. Um I'll mm. see what I can salvage uh, about. I'll I'll splice in some of your commentary um in, in the space somewhere about um the mate forty pro that we did last week. Um huh. my audio was was crapped out, that's why uh, that, that okay. bonus episode. But anyway, I handled the mate forty pro and that freeform lens is mm. incredible. Yes. Um, it really gives you a wider than you used to seeing kind of mm. viewing, like viewing angle from from that ultra wide. And it really straightens up all of those lines. It removes all of the warping. So now mm. Huawei can really do that thing where it kind of moves through all of the camera lenses as like one lens with different like focal lengths. Um, yeah, it's, it's a nice piece of tech, but. Again, you use it, and it's just like the limitations of that that EMUI are there. Like I, I still think that that should have been the Harmony OS device. But I see yeah, now this. I agree with you. I agree with you. is mm-hmm. broke that um, Huawei can now work with all the chip manufacturers again, oh, and really? they can buy displays from Samsung. Um, but they are still limited in uh, as long as they don't buy any. Five G equipment. Um, that that yeah. that's, that's what
0: i mean Yeah. But but I think Huawei's not going to trust that that's going to be the relationship going forward. I think they're too nervous and too sensitive about getting cut off from these things. So they might make do with chip production that they can do now and software they can use now. But I think they must persist with their plan to be independent of those people in the future, because I think they've realized just how vulnerable they are. They learned that the hard way. So yeah. It, I mean, they they might go into chip production now just in order to get over some bump. But in the future, they can see that they've got to come up with a different plan, I think.
1: Yeah, but everybody um, else is nowhere near the five nanometer process. Yeah. Like, the, like TSMC has such a lead on the industry, it's it's Ugh. like crazy. Yeah, but, hopefully, but it, like must
0: they, be, yeah. it must be yeah. Must be bothering a Huawei that they're so vulnerable, though, at that level. You know, for a company yeah. that size to have a single point of failure like that can't be very comfortable.
1: they only okay. have like something like ten million um, of those um, Kirin nine thousand chips? Um, uh-huh.
0: reserved. that's nothing in the scheme of in the scheme of yeah, things. That's yeah, that's like one month of good sales for yeah. for
1: the, yeah. for the yeah. Mate forty Pro, and then there's nothing left for the market. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully it comes to South Africa.
0: Um, I. I'm sorry, yep. man. I see myself, rather surprisingly, I see myself as a potential Mate 40 user. I don't know why. I don't, I don't even know what specifically it is about that handset. That's just appealing like to me. Underdog, you In you just like underdog, In the way that the it. P40 oh. didn't do it for me, the Mate 40 feels like it could do it for me. Whose Mate 40 did you handle, by the way? Brendan's, uh, probably?
1: Uh, Brendan's, yeah. yes. Uh, I had yeah. Brendan at Megan um, at the, the Huawei yeah. um, little yeah. luncheon that we had with a with new um, product manager. Mm-hmm. Hopefully... Um, I'll have a better relationship going forward with Molly. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Um, but other things that we 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 must report yes. it on. Um, Celsi is not dead, Gavin. They just <laughs> won't have any towers going forward. So they are going to be leasing um, tower space from MTN and giving up that sort of business, which is, I think, the smart play for them. Yeah. They don't have lots to carry of people. Maintenance
0: have... costs anymore. Yeah. Lots of people have divested their tower infrastructure, I think, because they see that as a huge capital cost and people have let it go. But that is what separates you from, you know, the lesser networks is having that infrastructure at your disposal. We'll see how it goes.
1: Okay. So I gave a little tip in that bonus episode where I was like, if you're going to buy the new iPhone, buy it on cell C because the (laughs) odds of them going belly up before your contract is over and you getting like half a free iPhone is very high, but that does not seem to be the case anymore. I apologize, Celsey. I'm very sorry for for mischaracterizing you like that. No,
0: I think um, you need to be more than sorry. I mean, you're like prophesying <laughs> doom and explaining how people can rip them off. I mean, in one, <laughs> you know, really, I think I go. I think more than a little apology is called for. I think a little bit of you know eating dirt is called for. Yeah. Okay.
1: I probably also need to apologize to Huawei, um, because this new news where they can source displays and chips now from other manufacturers then completely destroys my point of Huawei might not be with us um, beyond the second half of next year. Um, so I apologize to you two. This, I, I actually feel liberated, Gavin, that I can come clean on this podcast. But <laughs> talking about that, that Mate 40 Pro, really, really good camera. I didn't obviously have long enough to spend with it to, to really test its limits. But I can tell you one little tip, my tip for this week, how to take better pictures with any phone, with any phone. So be it you shooting your pets. Be it yeah, shooting yeah. and get as low to the ground as makes sense for the subject you are shooting.
0: I've noticed that with a lot of your pictures, especially <laughs> when you shoot your dogs. I love your dog photos. Many of them are not yeah. taken from a standing human human height. It's always taken at, at lower than that, yes. and it always looks much more animated, much more exciting. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And if you um, can get, like, leading lines, like railings or something, like, always have that pointing towards your subject. But just, yeah, get low. Like, play with your angles, and getting low is one. That's why I like the new trend of, like, phone cameras going on one side, because you can then flip it over so that that side is even lower, like, to the ground. And then you can, oh, like,
0: yes, go shooting okay. in the rain,
1: like, puddles and stuff, getting reflections. It's
0: it's a game changer. But, yeah, okay, Gavin, you throwing have a part of how-to. Yeah, you're throwing out your pearls of wisdom here (laughs) yeah i mean i unfortunately i'm running short of time for things i'm supposed to be doing so i'm just going to launch into my tip very quickly and i'm going to rifle through it as quickly as i can so last week i told you how to use multi-point bluetooth headphones that connect to the pc and to the phone simultaneously so that you can take calls and listen to youtube on the pc everything at the same time those headsets are hard to find they're quite expensive and not all the multi-point works equally well So if you can't do that, here's what I recommend you do if you're working from home. If you want to listen to music, don't listen to it on the PC. Listen to it on the phone. Okay, so if you have a Bluetooth headset, connect to the phone. You can keep the phone plugged in if you don't want to run down the battery, maybe. But the reason you want to do that is so that when calls come in, you can actually hear calls coming in and you won't have to switch headsets. You can just take the call on the phone because you're listening to the music on the phone already. So you don't have to swap headsets and you'll hear the calls coming in. On top of that, your PC, depending on what you've got, might be pretty busy doing other things. To keep your stream going at the same time and to run a whole streaming app, which might consume a lot of resources, is an unnecessary burden you probably don't need to put on your PC. It's using up RAM, it's using up bandwidth, It's using up resources. You can offload that onto the phone. And finally, um, Bluetooth connections to the phone, for me, have worked out far more reliably than Bluetooth connections to the PC. For some reason, the Bluetooth connection on the phone, they've bulletproofed it in a way that they haven't bothered with the PC. So I found it more reliable to connect to the phone. So here are a couple of reasons that you want to do that. And the last one, of course, is that if you get up from your desk in the middle of a song to go and make a piece of toast or to have a Visit to the bathroom. You can just take the phone with you. You don't have to lose the track you're listening to, or lose what it is you're listening to on the phone. You can take the phone with you in your pocket. Not that I advocate taking your phone to the bathroom. Let's oh, use that as the going to the kitchen to make a piece of toast scenario. <laughs> take the phone with you. Not like Lindsay from last week. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, Gavin. That's a level full of wisdom. These are all the reasons why you would prefer to connect to Bluetooth on your phone rather than on your PC. Okay, four reasons there.
1: Gavin, All you right. are obviously still the editor of Tech Magazine, which is the largest consumer tech publication on the continent, um, and you are also the, the product guru on TechRadar, ZA, the ZA edition, so if you go to techradar.com from South Africa, you should be getting the South African flag in the top right-hand corner. Very good. Then you know you're looking like that <laughs> stuff. I am... Lindsay Shooters, I am That Opinion Guy on the internet. Sharpshooters on social media, S-H-A-R-P-S-E-H-U-T-T-E-R-S. Right now, you can find me on YouTube, That Opinion Guy. The website is going again. I've been doing all of my things on there. Misings about Mate 40 and all those things you can find on ThatOpinionGuy.co.za. And I think that's me for this week, Kevin.
0: Yes, I think that was good. I think we got some useful info out there. Yeah, cool. Cheers. I'll catch you next week. Cheers, guys.